All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. Be sure to go check it out. Uh, Zephyr Epic, they've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. Retail location in Surrey, but if you choose to shop online, that's a wise decision too because they have free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. So no matter what trading cards you're into, go check them out at ZephyrEpic.com. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Lard. This is the Canucks Conversation, uh, and Chris is going to open a pack before we get into... Some interesting yeah. quotes. Well, I got to get the Vancouver it, Canucks head coach. These packs, I got to get into them because uh, if you saw today, I retweeted it from the Canucks Convo account. Uh, Zephyr Epic, great folks over there. They got uh, Series 2 has been released. So I got to get rid of these Series 1 cards here. I'm down to the last couple here and then uh, got to get out to Zephyr Epic again soon here. Uh, but check them out. Yeah, use promo code hockey season. Get that $5 off. I'm going to rip this pack. And as he rips the pack, I want to hear in the chat wrong answers only. What were the Canucks players doing? On their off day, that talk it said, oh, I don't know what they were doing, but apparently I have to babysit them. That wasn't verbatim. We'll get into the quote, but wrong answers only in the chat here, the YouTube live chat. What was talk it speaking about? What did the players, what did they do on their off day as Chris pulls a young guns? Hey, Ben Myers. Do you know who this is? Quads? Ben Myers? Mayers? No, I do not. You don't no, know who he is? No. He was a uh, NCAA signing last year. Look at this. He's got his young guns card now. So good for him. Young, one of these NCAA free agents. Where's Canucks need right-handed D in the chat? There you go. Some of these guys can make it. Myers has been good. Canucks, Canucks get a right-handed D eventually. Um, we will talk about it. It's our last thing on the ticker, so bear with us, folks, because there's a lot to get to before mm-hmm. we get to Cole McCord. And we're also going to talk, talk about another right-handed defenseman. Here. But before all of that, we have to talk about the game last night. Not and yet. Chris, the conversation today? No. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Go ahead. All right. I got the, I got a message this morning. Furious listener of the show. Furious with uh, mostly you, I think. Um, they were pissed about... Uh, I mentioned it on yesterday's show. No Patreon episodes. There hasn't been a Patreon episode in the last six weeks. I don't even want to give the link to people because you just go in there to you know not even get any content back for return here. There's been a request made. Get this up, Alex. There's been a request made. By the way, Alex Lard. I don't know if you mentioned him yet. He'll be pissed if you haven't mentioned him off the top. They want to see... The return of Quads' clarinet special. They want it done for Easter. Do you still have the clarinet? This is an old. This is a, a deep pull from Canucks Convo history. As Quads one time for pe- for new listeners of the show, there was one point in the early parts of quarantine where you did, and I can't. I we can't swear on this show, but I can't hecking believe it that you did a a what what do you even want to call it? You recorded yourself playing the clarinet. And you posted it on our Patreon. We lost 12 Patreon subscribers just that day. I don't know what happened there with that. But people, I got a request today. They said, get quads to bust the old dusty clarinet out and get back on the pipes here. It's at my parents' house, but I can definitely make that happen. I can, I'll just show up to my my parents' house and start playing my clarinet. I'm not bringing it back to my place. That's not happening. I got too much stuff anyways. But uh, I'm definitely going to bust it out again. But, you know, Lisa brought this up, I believe, in the chat yesterday. Longtime Patreon supporter, Lisa Martin, jumped in the chat and said, Faber, it's a Patreon. Why don't you just go to Quad's house and record it? And, hey, maybe Sunday 
Uh, you and you and Bert are gonna meet on Sunday. That's yeah, the plan. There's a you dog and I are also update. gonna go out for lunch. Get a get a video of that. I'll get a video of you meeting Bert. People will love it. Yeah, I'm excited to meet Bert on the weekend here. That'll be nice. Um, all right, that's all I got off the top. Let's get into it. I just want to play. Uh, you sent me this last night. Uh, I wasn't able to make it to the game last night. Had uh, just decided wasn't feeling super great, so I didn't end up going to the game last night. So I missed this, and I feel so bad that I missed this. Because the Canucks, have, they deleted the tweet uh, of the video here of Rick Tockett. Had to do some work here to get the audio. There was some strong words from Rick Tockett last night. As you can see on the ticker, Tockett babysitting is the way we're going to start this. I, I will say this before we run the audio clip. We'll listen to the babysitting clip here in a second. There's something to be said about how great Rick Tockett's blunt honesty is. And... You have to take him for his word because this was a guy who played in a very tough version of the NHL. He was one of the toughest guys in the toughest version of the NHL. He's lived it. And I, I had this thought last night actually watching. And I said, okay, like to me, the best color commentator guys are, are goal, like former goalies, specifically backup goalies. Like, you know, we have a, a literally a perfect example uh, here in Vancouver. But like Darren Pang's a good example. He's been a great uh, color commentator in the NHL. Um, obviously here, Cheech, a goalie, like they make really good color guys. They make, they add a lot to a broadcast for coaches. Like if you were a former tough guy, but you played the right way and you did a lot of the things away from the rink, the right way. I think that makes you into like potentially the best type of NHL coach. Cause you've, you've been able to battle, know your role, work really hard and have a tremendous ask from you. Like there's a very big difference in the way that Rick Tockett played and the way that, like, J.T. Miller plays. Like, J.T. Miller plays tough most of the time. But Rick Tockett had to be tough all of the time. And he had to learn the game, uh, learn it through different leagues as well. So when he speaks, I really take a lot of what he says into hard consideration because I do think it means a lot coming from a guy who did what he did in the NHL and is now coaching in the NHL. So let's let's run the audio, and then you can take us off of their quads. This is Rick Tockett talking about... The Canucks having days off and maybe having to babysit them on some of those upcoming days off. The energy level was not there uh, after a day off. That's the alarming thing. Uh, I got to take a look at that because if you you know if you have days off and guys don't know how to prepare on days off, then I'm gonna have to start babysitting a little bit more. You know that's just the way. That's just the you know that's hockey 101. Coaches' rules. You know if you can't be professional on a day off and come in and have energy, then obviously you're doing the wrong thing on a day off. I don't know what they're doing because the energy level, even last game, a little bit same thing, no energy. Okay, so first of all, uh, Corey Anderson wanted us to point this out. Don't undersell him, talk it. He wasn't just a tough guy, scored over 400 goals in his career, almost 1,000 points. That's the thing that I think a lot of people uh, forget about Rick Tocca when they're speaking about him as the coach here. He had a really successful NHL career uh, before he ever stepped into coaching. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. But as for that quote that we just heard from the Canucks head coach, Mr. Rick Tocca himself, what he said is important to me, Chris, because... We're hearing again him come out and say things like, look, that grade school comment, that's, you know, that's embarrassing for players to hear, right? And for that to be public, that's embarrassing for the players. That That's done to embarrass the players. And I, I think the message got through. We saw them play sharper defense after that. But mm-hmm. 
his non-negotiables of you can't smash your stick, you can't do this, you can't do that. He even said it last night. It seemed like they were making really good progress on that. But to have that regression, that's just not okay, is kind of what he said. And I think that's what, and and he said is, I'm going to get it back on the rails, basically, is what he said. And I think that's what really matters here is it's not, you know, he's not even giving it a chance to grow into a bigger issue. It's okay, well, there was a sign of what this team used to be before I got here. Mm. I'm going to nip it in the butt right now. And I think that's super important for this coach right now. And it it goes into the conversation of, is the talk at bump real? Is it going to go into next year? What we saw last night is what a lot of people, expect them to do next year right like just come out of the gate have have a bunch of stinkers coach gets fired rinse and repeat but that's not going to be the case this time it doesn't sound like like talk it's not going to let that happen it seems no i don't think so and yeah i got to put some respect on talk name he is 10th in the nhl for all-time penalty minutes and of those 10 no player has more points per game uh than rick talk so got to put some respect on the skill there as well that's my bet that's that's on me so i appreciate uh was it Corey in the chat here letting me know uh we do have the other clip that you're kind of talking about there about i think he said nip it in the butt is that what is that the term nip it in the butt technically it's bud nip it in the bud well that's a bc term then bc born knows what i'm talking about uh in the chat there but let's um let's play this one too because i did find I found it interesting. Like, listen, if a if a coach comes out and says they have to babysit their players, that's a story. That's a that is a very telling uh, quote to the media from the head coach. That's that's big. That's big. But I also liked kind of the way that you just said there about the quote. There, it, it also came on the other end when he was talking about the body language, right? And how that's not going to happen here. Let's play the clip because I do very much like the way that that Talkit answered this question. Um, specifically off in the early parts of it. So let's hear Rick talking about body language. But yeah, body language is uh, something they can control. And it's, uh, you know, it hasn't been, I thought we'd been getting better at it, but it's, you know, it's not going to creep back in. It won't. I'm not going to allow it because body language is just a, is not mental toughness. It's weak. It's weak-minded people when you have body language like that. You know, one and done. If you do it once in a blue moon, I get it. We, I, you know, we've all done it, but it's got to be once in a blue moon. You can't have a steady diet of it because, to me, uh, I forget what coach. It just it was great. He, he had a whole thing. I think it was Calipari on body language. How it's it's really a good kind of press conference. He talked about talked about it, and it's it's a weakness, a mental weakness when you have bad body language all the time. One thing he talked about was, I believe it was end of the second, might have been end of the third. I don't know why I can't remember off the top of my head, but there, basically there's 20 seconds left. I think it was the third, actually, now that I remember correctly. Um, it was the third period. Uh, JT Miller, yeah, here, here's the clip. Oh, end of the second, excuse me. So end of the second, um, you know, JT Miller kind of loses a puck battle. It seems he's got like, you know, uh, like five Kraken players on him. And then he goes to the bench, uh, goes right to the dressing room before the period's over. Tockett's asked about it. And what he says is kind of like that. Yeah, that's an example of bad body language and what we would like to avoid. So look, I want people to focus in on that clip. I don't know if we can rewind it or whatever, Alex, but I want people to focus in here on that clip where Miller still goes for the puck battle, right? Like, He's outmatched here. Um, obviously, the Canucks are on the penalty kill. He missed the breakaway, right? Um, which isn't great. But ob- he goes back on the puck, and he's still hard on it on the boards. Like, he's still trying to stay engaged in the puck battle, protect the puck. And, he, you know, he dishes off to Dakota Joshua there. But the thing I want people to remember is 
when this stuff wasn't nipped in the butt is when you would see JT Miller give up on that play, right? And then it would be a thing that Boudreaux talks about post-game or whoever talks about post-game, and it's kind of just um, one and done, it's over. It's, it happened, and then it happens again, and then it happens again, and then JT Miller goes through a string of bad play, body language is awful the whole time, and then this market starts to really, uh, you know, I don't want to say turn on them, but this market starts to really vent their frustrations with uh, Vancouver's new $8 million man. So I just want to say, to his credit, he stayed engaged in the play, and that's better than what we usually see. What we saw from JT Miller at the start of the year, I just want to get that in there. Wow! Is that give him credit. He stayed engaged in the play, and he yeah. wasn't doing that early on in the year. I can't. It's funny that you're like giving a guy credit for a situation where he left the bench with 20 seconds remaining. <laughs> don't. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, he. I guess he forced a little bit there. That's th- those things. I'll tell you what. That like that thing that those type of things would fly before. I just think Rick Tockett will not take that. I'm sure he's going to come out in the media and say, like, everything's good with JT. He's a competitor. The same thing we hear lots of coaches talk about with JT Miller. But I can bet you that will not happen again. That will not happen with Rick Tockett. You do not leave the bench while your team's still playing and still has 20 seconds. If, you know, I, I get you're coming off a breakaway, and you heard kind of Tockett mention in his quote there of, like, yes, you know, that that can happen once in a long time, but... Oh man, that that will not happen. You will not see a player leave the bench who's not injured uh, under Rick talking again. I can imagine that really frustrated him. We've talked about the way he played the game. Uh, I I wasn't alive for it. I guess at the time watching Rick be really in his prime, but uh, you know that that will not happen again. I can almost guarantee that that's not going to fly with Rick talking. Yeah, and I think that's what people want, right? Like, people want that not to fly. People don't want to see that. That's not what people want. Um, Although there is a few people, and not so much in the chat. I see it more on Twitter. Just people, you know, um, justifying that from Miller, right? They're just saying, well, he plays with fire, plays with passion. I love it. You don't want one of your guys in the leadership group leaving the team early, right? Like, you, you don't want that, especially in the second period. <laughs> it wasn't even the third. Like, it wasn't like the game was over. There was still a third period to play. I know they played poorly in the second, and Miller was having a tough night. I get it, but that's your leader. Like, that that's part of your leadership group. You don't want to sure. see that uh, from one of your leaders. And I think that's where the conversation kind of begins and where it should end as well. Yeah, and I agree. I just think... Um... You know, JT Miller is going to be a guy. If you think about just like emotions of a hockey game, nobody drives it more than JT Miller, like positively or negatively. That's kind of what he is. And it's like you get him in the right spot on an organization. He's going to be very effective. If you keep him driving that train positively, it's excellent. But it's to me, it's like there needs to be more of an ask about the leadership from JT Miller. And I'm not like I don't I'm far away from thinking he should be the captain, but he needs to recognize what his leadership means to this group. It's going to be a young leadership core. It's going to be Quinn Hughes. It's going to be Elias Pettersson. Insert name here, whoever else you think is going to wear an A. But JT Miller probably will be another one of these guys with an A on his chest, and he needs to be kind of the veteran of the young core to really keep this team moving forward. And it just moments like that was tough. And by the way, Rob Williams, uh, Rob the Hockey Guy on Twitter for that video there. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, final thing I did want to get to, unless there's anything else you want to touch on from talking last night, because, man, that eight-minute video that the Canucks had up for 12 hours, that thing was banging. There was a lot to get to in that. He was very frustrated uh, with the way the team is playing. But pretty good look for uh, for Team Tank, I'll tell you that. Nice little night for them. Uh, we'll get to the uh, reverse standings. Let's get them up right now. Why not? We got them here ready to rock. Let's see what uh, last night did for the reverse standings. You got your music, Alex? 
So I think the tank's back on, baby. Uh, the Canucks now sit with the eighth best. There it is. The eighth best odds of landing Connor Bedard. 6% chance. I'll, I'll say this. If it sticks at 6%, I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll take those odds. I'll take the, the 12% of moving up into the top two. I'll take the 6% of moving up and getting Connor Bedard. I'm happy with that at this point. I don't even like, I'm not going to ask for too much. They're not going to catch Arizona. They're probably not going to catch the Philadelphia Flyers. They're going to probably sit here at eighth. You just don't want them to move up the standings or move down the reverse standings, you know, and catch Washington, catch St. Louis, catch Detroit, because that is probably more possible than them catching the Philadelphia Flyers. So 6%, I'll take it. Lock it in, lose a couple more games, get out of here. That's that's it. I'm fine with 6% going into the draft lottery. I'll take it. Arizona has lost eight straight games. Oof. Like, it's bad. It's bad for those Coyotes. Do we? Have, can you run the Tankathon? Can we do that right now? I know uh, I kind yeah. of put it on the spot. Yeah, I can do it. Give me a second here. I want to run some Tankathon. I think we have to do. It. We got. The oh, tank Alex has playing. got it up. Look at this. We're about to talk positively. Alex has got it up. Okay, Alex, run that puppy. Let's see what we got here. With the music in the background too. Nope, sits at eight. All right, we'll <laughs> take. San Jose it. moves up to the first spot. Hey, good for everybody them. else. Slides down. Get that out of here, Alex. We're done. Yeah, We're done. We're done talking about this. All right, all right. Uh, Connect stick at eight. Hey, they'll get uh, David Ryan back there. Then there's a the tank. One of the last times we might see this tank. I don't think Team Tank. I think Team Tank might be done. I think Team Tank might be done. Yeah, let it rot. Let it breathe a little bit, Alex. Good video. Good song. All right, let's get to it. Uh, news from today's practice. The big news. No Quinn Hughes at practice today for the Vancouver Canucks. I can completely understand why. I 100% I haven't heard the quote yet, but I'm going to assume it is a maintenance day. This guy needs some maintenance. Uh, we know the minutes that he's been playing. We've been talking about it a lot. Uh, but doesn't look like uh, Quinn Hughes was on the ice today for practice. So we'll see if, uh, if they're shutting him down. We don't really know at this point. I haven't seen a quote yet uh, preparing for the show. Um, so... Looks like uh, just, I think it's just a maintenance day uh, for Quinn Hughes up to this point. I'm just going to double check here, make sure if we missed anything. No, it looks like a maintenance day uh, for Hughes. Okay, um, that's that. Anything else you want to get off the top uh, from today? All right, let's let's uh, well, let's move on then um, to our next segment. Um, the Spotlight on Bear. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We do our spotlights here, season spotlights. Put out a tweet here. I, I, had, I gave my take on a contract as well, because I think that's going to be a big part of this discussion here moving forward. Um, the season that Ethan Bear has had, so let's put the spotlight on Ethan Bear. Look at this graphic. I tell you, whoever built this, they're they're overdue for a raise, I think, personally. Um, Ethan Bear, let's get to it. 56 games played, three goals, 13 assists, 72 shots on net, and expected goals for control of 52%. That means that 52% of expected goals are happening for his team when he's on the ice, and his average ice time has been 18-23 this season. Quads, your thoughts on Ethan Bear, the addition to the Vancouver Canucks that they traded, what was it, a fifth-round pick? A fifth-round pick for Ethan Bear? Yeah. Uh, to get him back, very nice return, obviously. He's played games for the Canucks. I think you can do that. Uh, I would do that trade again 100 times. But what are your thoughts on his season so far and maybe where we go from here? Because this is an RFA who's going to need a contract this summer. So there's a lot to talk about here with the future of Ethan Bear. He is a player that's been a subject of conversation a lot lately. And the reason I want to talk about him today, Chris, is just we saw the athletic kind of put out their um, player like player cards or whatever, where they show the market value of how a player is playing, you know, fueled by a- analytics by Shana Goldman and Dom Lashizen. Wow, that was tough. Um, over tough, at tough the name. athletic. And they had Ethan Bear as a six plus million dollar player. Now the thing is, is that's not suggesting that he should be paid like that. And that's what a lot of people take it as is they're like, Oh, that's so stupid. Analytics are broken. Ethan bear shouldn't get 6.8 million or whatever it was. It's just saying that his underlying data shows you that he is performing at an above average level. Now with that in mind, there is still a lot that goes into play. You know, this is a guy who wasn't cracking the Carolina hurricanes lineup. So with that in mind, Chris, the question becomes, what's the right contract for Ethan Bear? Because I, I don't think anybody would deny that he's been a good defenseman for the Canucks, that he's, you know, he, he's played in a top four role on this team and he's done fine. He's done admirably well. But I think long term, you have to think, what is Ethan Bear to this team, right? Because if you're trying to improve and if you're trying to make this team into a playoff team, like Ethan Bear probably isn't a top four defenseman, right? And it's it's not the same as Luke Shen, where we're talking about a guy who played with Quinn Hughes, looked great, and um, that that's kind of where the conversation begins and ends. I, I don't think it's that. Like it's it's not at that level. Like Ethan Bear's, you know, Ethan Bear's a better defenseman than Luke Shen. But what I'm trying to illustrate is just that. You know, some people, if, you, if you're thinking of anything like three plus million, I'd say that's too high because you're paying for, in my mind, you're paying for a third pairing defenseman who on a good team is a third pairing defenseman who can play in your top four if needed, right? And I just don't think the Canucks should be cornering the market on that, right? Like he's not as bad as Tucker Pullman, but 
Have we learned nothing from Tucker Pullman? The $2.5 million um, cap hit that was handed out to Tucker Pullman. Like the Canucks paid big time for a third pairing defenseman. And I just, I don't know if it's the best allocation of salary cap for this team, right? Who, Who is already pretty cap strapped. Now, anything can change in the off season buyouts, all that sort of stuff. I would just be, I would just be a little bit gun shy to dish out anything above 2.5 to Ethan bear on like a three-year deal. I, I, I would be, I would be, I would definitely be, um, I would pump the brakes a little bit on anything above 2.5 for three years. I, I would say trying to get it under that if you can. Yeah. I think the question for me Actually, I'll, I'll make this statement first because I think the Vancouver Canucks, uh, thir- 365 days ago, needed to address what they have on the right side of their defense. They've done a very good job of improving the right side of their defense in the past year. You can say it. Listen, you don't have. You can make the argument that what they gave up was a lot for Heronic. It was, but Heronic's going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a good right-handed defenseman for this team for a few years at least. Ethan Bear for a fifth-round pick. Excellent. It's great. They've, they've definitely improved the right side of their defense. My question, though, is with Ethan Bear, you need to decide if this is a top-four guy or not on the next contract, and he needs to be paid like that. And the way that he's playing this past season with the Vancouver Canucks, he has been a top-four guy. This season earlier in the year, when he was playing for the Carolina Hurricanes, a good team, he was not a top-six defenseman. He was healthy scratched. He was struggling to get into the lineup. So you need to make that decision, right? Like teams that are bad have to overpay for good players. And I'm not saying even great players or, you know, elite players. Just, you know, Ethan Bear's pretty good. I think he's a good right shot defenseman. You, the Canucks don't want to be the bad team that's paying him $3 million a year, right? Like you don't want to do that. And I know the cap's going to go up and there's going to be things that will change. But uh, I think a lot of people have argued in the chat here. This is an interesting topic because I think that's what people are looking at here. It's like, are... Are you thinking Ethan Bear is going to play with Quinn Hughes for the next two years, three years? It's very possible. It's very possible that that's something we see. They seem to work pretty well when it comes to moving the puck, and defending hasn't been a huge issue for these two guys. But if you put some money into Ethan Bear, and let's say it's like, I, I thought a contract that makes sense, because I don't know if he's a top four guy for the Vancouver Canucks when they actually start to get towards being a playoff team. So I said three years, $2.25 million per. I think you're acceptable. You can take that as acceptable because if he isn't in your top four, at least you're paying him, like you said, under 2.5 to be a bottom pairing guy if that's where he lands. He's also a guy that I think if he's playing on your bottom pair and in a pinch you need a top four guy, like having a guy at 2.5, 2.25, that's an okay spot there. But I know Harms made this argument a lot on the show of like you just you can't, the bottom pairing guys need to be making like 900K. And you can find guys that I don't know if they're at the level of Ethan Bear with how effective he's been as a Vancouver Canuck, but you can find a guy who can be a bottom pairing guy and effective for you at a million dollars. You just have to do a good job in free agency, right? So it's difficult. I I would hope that the contract is under two and a half if it's a two to three year deal. But, you know, I see Corey Anderson in the chat says, no way he takes 2.25. I had uh, somebody reach out today. They saw my tweet. Uh, when I said 2.25, and they said that is not happening. Uh, if you look at the minutes, um, the minutes that he's played this year for Vancouver, he he has he is going to ask for a lot more than 2.25. So that's the difficult thing. It's do you want to like can you can you even risk 
going at $3 million for Ethan Bear? Can you risk going for him 3.5 for like a two-year deal and him not working out? Because it's it's very difficult. It's obviously the biggest position of need around the NHL. So you have to pay a little bit of a premium there. I get that. I just don't know if you want to go into the threes. Like I, I'd start to get a little worried if you're going into the threes, especially if it's a two to three-year deal. And the thing that I was told today by that person that reached out, they said like you're buying UFA years here and that makes a difference on the next contract. Yes, he's an RFA this season, but you're buying into RFA years after that, or sorry, UFA years after that. That that's valuable. That's valuable because if Ethan Bear were to hit free agency, he'd get more than two point two five from a team. Whether it be the freaking Arizona Coyotes looking for their top pairing guy, or some team looking to secure up their top four who could potentially use him in a bottom pairing role, somebody's going to pay him more than two point two five. So I think if the Canucks get this deal done under two point five, two point seven five. I'd be I'd be okay and happy with that. If it's under two point five, I'd be like, yeah, that's good. I'm good with that. Um, but I, the person that reached out to me today, said I was crazy for thinking that it could be near two point two five. You can guess who that person is. They talk to agents a lot. I was just gonna say I could I could absolutely guess. There's yes, a, you could. Everybody a few spelling could. mistakes in the text. Yeah, a lot <laughs> okay. of a uh, lot of pressing um, on the enter button. Okay. <laughs> okay, enough here. Um, okay, Ethan Bear, let's get back on the rails. I, I can't stop laughing about... Uh, anyways, we're not going sure. to Well, let's, uh, uh, I do Bear. have this graphic okay. here. Let's pull this up. Let's just... Uh, I'll let you react to it. Um, but these are the pairing... Uh, his partners that he's had throughout the season. These are who Bear has played with throughout the season. Uh, I did leave the Corsi up there and the expected goals up with. So you can see his most consistent partner has been Quinn Hughes this season. He's played 381 minutes of 5-on-5 with Quinn Hughes. They've held on to a 53.5% Corsi. Uh, the expected goals for, interesting here, actually below 50% when playing with Quinn Hughes. So we've seen him play with a lot of different bodies, right? Like over 50 minutes with Jack Rathbone, over 50 minutes with Burroughs, Stillman, Myers, Ekman Larson over 240 minutes. Lots going on there. So he's been able to play with different guys, but you look at some of the numbers He's been horrible with Tyler Myers. He's been horrible with Riley Stillman, but that's not a shocker. We talked nothing about Stillman on this show. Um, wasn't good with Luke Shen. Has not been good with Breezebois. Looks pretty good with Willannon. So maybe you're looking at a third pairing like that. Something to try, but they only played 13 minutes together this season. So I don't know. There, there are certainly some options here. We actually think that just from looking at some of the Corsi numbers, like him and Jack Rathbone have been pretty good so far. Or Sorry, I'm missing the number here. They have not been good. Uh, it's not been a lot of great production here from... Uh, from Ethan Bear when he's not playing with Quinn Hughes. So that makes it a little difficult because if he is going to be used in a bottom pairing role, what does that bottom pairing look like? And maybe the matchups become a little bit easier. I just think there's a lot to get into with Ethan Bear here about how it's almost like to me, it's like if he's playing with Quinn Hughes for the next two years and you know that for sure, he's absolutely worth $2.5 million or more. If he's not playing with Quinn Hughes full-time over the next two years, he's not worth more than $2.5 million in my books. Well, hang on a sec, because the argument, just play devil's advocate, because I agree with you about the uh, price tag there. But the argument here, see that name at the bottom? And for those on the podcast, the name, Philip Ronick. He's played well. He played well with Ronick in 13 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time. Exact same amount he had with Christian Willannon. So I think at the end of the day, Chris, all of all this argument comes down to, isn't is this guy going to be Quinn Hughes' partner for the next two years or three years, whatever? Is this guy going to be a top four defenseman for your team hmm. over the next 
two or three years. And if this team is able to shed Tyler Myers' salary this offseason, right? Um, we, we've talked numerous times about how that's a pretty movable contract. You would think there's that a bonus spot kicks in, in the yeah. top four for Ethan Bear to play. So, look, if you're paying him to be a third-pairing guy, yeah, 2.5 is too much. If you're paying him to be a top four defenseman, which based on what we saw when Hironik was in the lineup and Bear was lined up as his partner, you're probably looking at Ethan Bear as a top four defenseman on your team next year. So then you become okay with maybe 2.75 or 3 million on a two or three year deal. I, I still don't love it, but they're going to qualify him. He's got arbitration rights, so we know how much time on ice uh, affects arbitration. Big time. Big so, time. Look, I exactly. And look, like I, I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is this team's trying to compete. And if they weren't trying to compete, I don't think it's nearly as much of a topic of conversation. But this team's trying to make the playoffs next year, and based on the other options that are available to them, I'm not sure if they're able to find anything better than Ethan Bear. And if they're really in any position to start taking chances where they go out and get guys that they don't know are going to work um, in their system. We've heard Tockett speak a lot about how much he likes Ethan Bear. Um, and we've seen it. We've seen how it's worked out since Tockett's come aboard. Mm. Look, I, I think I think at the end of the day, the Canucks are going to get this done. I think it's going to be um, in that in that 3 million range, to be honest with you. I just think it's a little bit high. Yeah, you bring up a good point of he can play with Philip Ronick. He could be an answer there. It's just, yeah, like I, I would bet right now, and a lot can change obviously between now and opening night of next season. But would you would you agree with me that I would bet that Bear is in the top four on opening night? Or do you think they yeah, change enough? I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's what we'll see to start the season. And listen, when you're building your roster in the off season, you're not building. As much, I mean, in the back of mind, you are, but like you're building for opening night, right? Like you're building for opening night and hoping that uh, not a bunch of horrible injuries happen. So if you're building for opening night and Bear is in your top four, like you, you, you probably feel pretty comfortable paying three million dollars for any top four defenseman if you're using them in your in your top four, right? Three million, I feel like, is like what you pay for a top four guy, minimum, right? Like minimum. So if you're getting him at three million dollars, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, and I think you brought up a very good point of, like, he can play with Hironic, too, and maybe that's a little bit of an answer there if they have some success together. You, you just It's going to be very difficult to see to see what happens in this offseason negotiation. I Like I said, the person that reached out very much wanted to make a big point of you're buying UFA years, and that is costly for a player who's in Bear's age, but at the same time, like I, I the argument that I made against that was like, okay, but Bear wasn't playing earlier in the season until he got onto this bad team, this team that's bottom 10 in the NHL. So yeah, there's a lot to, a lot to happen here. And I think we'll have a very long discussion once a deal actually comes down here uh, because he needs one. He needs a contract this summer to be on the ice next year for opening night. So we'll see what happens with Ethan bear. Um, anything else you want to add there? Yeah. You want to get to McWard? Let's get to McWard. Okay. I'm just wondering, I don't have any more graphics for, uh, for bear. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. All right, let's uh, let's get to this. Uh, Cole McWard, who's practicing today with the Vancouver Canucks, playing tomorrow for the Vancouver Canucks. Heck, we might see a Quinn Hughes-less uh, Vancouver Canucks tomorrow. We have to find out what happens, uh, what's happening there with Quinn Hughes not being at practice today. Looked like the only absent player from practice. But this guy's getting into the lineup, and we got some video here. 
Go ahead and run it, Alex. I with no audio, hopefully. Uh, you got all these NCAA uh, commentators screaming in our ears here. Uh, so Cole McWard, right-handed defenseman, scored nine goals this past season uh, in the NCAA, playing for Ohio State. We got four of the goals here to showcase, and uh, definitely a lot of like some some good movement for sure. Great celebrations from the kid. You can see what, those on each goal. Uh, but did a little bit of power play work. Did a lot of work on the on the penalty kill unit, which I'll get to in a little bit. But seems to be able to have decently consistent shot. I only watched uh, the full games of the ones he played against Michigan, which he was pretty good in. Uh, pretty good in those Michigan games, which you know that's that's the big matchup, right? For Ohio State, they got the big rivalry uh, with Michigan, and he was pretty good in all of them. There were some games this season when I was doing some tracking. He played over thirty minutes, so he was a guy who was relied upon a lot to play uh, certain times for this Ohio State team. It just, to me, Cole McWard wasn't um, a player that drew a lot of my attention prior to the signing season, right? Like, I wanted to talk about players that I thought the Canucks had a good chance of signing. I didn't think this guy was coming out. So, for the Canucks to snag a 21-year-old right-shot defenseman, this is more of a prospect, right? Like, to me, this is more of uh, you're in the age bracket of almost signing a guy as in a, a player that comes out of CHL. Like, this is what you're looking at here. It's a very different timeline than signing, you know, a senior like Akito Hirose, uh, for an example. Hirose, I'm supposed to start saying, too. People have been in my DMs telling me I'm saying it horribly. Um, so I'm going to try and start to say Hirose. Um, but I tracked 26 games this season uh, of the 39 that he played. He averaged 22 minutes and 27 seconds a night in those 26 games that I tracked. Here's the number that I liked. Uh, leading man on the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes, one of my favorite uh, favorite NCAA teams. Uh, averaged 2 minutes and 58 seconds of shorthanded ice time per game. So nearly 3 minutes uh, of shorthanded ice time per, per game. He was loading up there. We see the nine goals here, as we can see on the screen here, his stats from the season. But a minus five in a lot of games that I tracked, pretty rough um, pretty rough numbers when it comes to Corsi, when it comes to possession numbers, when it comes to expected goals control. So I, I don't know. Maybe there wasn't a great fit. Like I don't think Ohio State was a powerhouse. Um, the games that I did watch, like against Michigan, pretty good numbers throughout. Like He did track pretty decently well in those ones. But just a lot of games this year where his expected goals was pretty low. So he's not really a high-end guy coming out of the NCAA. This is a really good example of a guy you want to develop, right? You get a 21-year-old, one, right-shot defenseman. Uh, he's going to wear number 48 for the Canucks tomorrow. He's in the lineup tomorrow, as Darren Dreger uh, rich, uh, tweeted and reported about earlier. Uh, so that's, yeah, they, they got a guy here that's uh, that's a prospect, right? They added a prospect to the system. They didn't add a player here like I think they did with with Aiden McDonough or potentially even Akito Hirose. But they added a prospect here, and I'll tell you what, Quads, you know me. I love a good prospect. So I think we'll see this guy in Abbotsford next season. Uh, he'll burn one year of his two-year deal when he plays for the Canucks tomorrow night. So he'll have a one-year more one -year deal next season in Abbotsford, and I think that's where he's going to prove it, right? He's going to have to prove his worth uh, for the Abbotsford Canucks in the AHL next season. So getting him a little taste of the NHL, perfect. Let him get it. Let him play the rest of the season. I don't care. Let's see this right shot guy. Uh, see if he's got anything, see what he looks like at the NHL pace, and then McWard will be down in Abbotsford next season. And uh, nice little piece, like, you know, that that defense core next year is going to be a lot of fun, okay? It's going to be a lot of fun. I was on Halbro this morning, and they asked about it a little bit, and I said, you could have a top pairing in the AHL next season that's like Jack Rathbone and Philip Johansson, and that would be really fun. And then you have this guy, like, slotting in maybe on your third pairing, you know, behind like Jet Wu or maybe even playing with Jet Wu because Wu's been on the left side a lot lately. So 
the defense score is going to be young. They're going to be like 24 and under throughout that defense score because it felt like last year, like in the initial year for the Abbotsford Canucks, think about the players they had, right? Like, you know, Sheldon Dry, Sheldon Rempel, Justin Bailey was on that team. Like these guys that were uh, quad A players. Now they're going to this point where it feels like they've they've added enough onto the farm. Like they've planted the seeds. They got some young guys in their young 20s. Some exciting young things going on there on the uh, on the farm. And you could tell there's been a very big point of, the Canucks wanting to make the AHL team better. And it's starting to come to fruition here. And adding a guy like this, I think is great uh, for that group. And uh, tomorrow when, uh, when, when Cole McWard wears number 48 for the Vancouver Canucks, he will be the 16th defenseman to play for the Canucks this season. There are teams in the NHL quads who have used seven defensemen all season long. The Canucks will use their 16th tomorrow. Holy hell. That's a lot of defensemen to play for you this season. Crazy. And how many of them have looked better than all of Reckman Larson? That's the real question. Hey, yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's uh, one final okay. thing as well. Uh, I got to mention Dan Milstein, Dan Milstein, agent of uh, some would say the stars. Or some would say the Vancouver Canucks. He's got uh, Alain Roy right on the back of his heels here. Waugh's got a bunch of uh, Canucks guys now too. He's got uh, four Four different clients for the Vancouver Canucks. I'll name them. Akita Horose. Talked about him enough, and we haven't mentioned anything from his game. Niels Huglander. Justin Dowling down there on the farm. And now, Cole McWard. So he's got four clients. Watch out, Milstein. Waz coming. Okay, I want to get this in because Patrick Alvine seems to agree with you. This is the quote from Canucks GM, Patrick Alvine. Our group has worked extremely hard this college free agent season, and this signing is another important step in building out our prospect pool. Cole has produced well offensively in each of his two seasons at Ohio State and excelled in a leadership role during his final USHL season with Tri-City. We look forward to having him work with Adam Foote, Sergey Gonchar, and the rest of our development staff to round out his game as he transitions to the professional level. So a big emphasis there on development with this defenseman. Okay, odds and ends, let's go. All right, pull it up, Alex. You know what's coming here. Or do I have it in the... I think I got it in the uh, outline correctly here. Yeah, get it up there. Abbotsford. Abbotsford will officially host playoff game squads. It's official. Uh, they cannot be caught by the other team. That's Because uh, I tell you what, the AHL playoffs, I, we're going to have to go over this again here soon. It's a mess. It's a mess in the Pacific Division, especially. You, uh, the, the number one seed gets a bye to the second round. Two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. The Canucks are sitting in fourth right now in the Pacific Division, so they will host all three games if they need to. April 19th, game one. April 21st, game two. The day in between there, take a break. Uh, and then April 23rd, if necessary, they'll play game three. All three games... And like I said, third game, if necessary, will be at the Abbotsford Center out there in Abbotsford. So I have, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. April 19th, I'll be out there. And I I expect there to be more than just I as the only uh, media member out there uh, in Abbotsford. I already got Drance freaking nipping at my heels here trying to get a ride out there to to Abbotsford with me. Because everybody wants to get out for the Artie Party. Everybody wants to see the Artie Party in action. But we've talked about this on the show. Spencer Martin, he might be the guy uh, running into that game one here. Still five games remaining for the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, maybe even more than that. Maybe six. I'll have to double check. Uh, they still got a couple weeks here. Like I said, you can see the first playoff game, April 19th. But good for them because they didn't get to host last year. They were the fifth seed and had to play the fourth seed at their arena. 
lost both those games. They were out. So you get some home games in Abbotsford. Very exciting uh, for the folks out there. And hey, for me. Okay. And I got to give a shout out here to my boy, Marcel, my favorite security guy in all of Abbotsford Center. He's the best. He listens to the show. He's great with me. And uh, you know where he is right now? The place I want to go. He's in Japan right now. He's doing a uh, six weeks in Japan. I don't know if he's listening to the show still while he's traveling. But if he is, Mars, we'll see you soon. Hopefully for those playoff games. Can't wait to hear about uh, your trip to Japan. Everybody, I get asked this all the time. Well, if you travel one place, it would be Japan. And I was, uh, I don't, it doesn't need to be a week. I just need a weekend in Japan. Okay. That's all I want. That's, I just need three days in Japan. Put me in the big city. Let me walk around. That's what I want. Japan's where I want to travel. All right. We'll close it out there. Yeah. You have anything else before I cut you off? Um, no, nothing really. Uh, we'll have to see. I'll, I'll do some more. I'll watch more McBoard, uh, tonight. Have some stuff up for him uh, tomorrow on the show. We'll get a few more clips. Oh yeah, this is the final thing here. This graphic. I thought this is just funny. This is this is an odd end and end. Uh, I love this tweet from the Vancouver Canucks of uh, showing the ropes for the rookie, Tyler Myers showing Akito Hirose. What do you think he's showing him here, quads? Because Hirose doesn't look too engaged. He's uh, this Hirose kid. Have you have you heard some of these uh, media availabilities? He is. Uh, He's a, I don't know what the right word to use is. He's extremely calm for this, like, pretty big uh, moment for him. Like, I'll give him props for that. He's got some poise to him. Like, you know, the moment doesn't seem too big for him uh, from what he's doing. He's dealing with NHL reporters playing his first game. He's kind of just like, eh, yeah, like, you know, I played some pretty big games in college too. Like, he's, uh, he's a confident young kid. I like it. I like the vibe off of him. Yeah, and based on his game, his two games that we've seen him play, he wasn't listening to much from Myers, it would seem. But mm. uh, the replies to that tweet that you're showing here will uh, do all the talking for us. We're not gonna we're not gonna keep keep uh, keep discussing this. We'll actually close it out. I will close it out. I'm not back Thursday. Harmon in Friday. Uh, no show on Friday. No show on Monday. We we'll back Tuesday. Patreon.com/slash Canucks Convo. Faber meeting Bert on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully I didn't just wake him up by saying his name. But uh, we'll close it out there. For my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer, Alex Lard. One more time, Alex. Dave Grigelli. Fire up the tank, Alex. My name is Dave Grigelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Pokemon shirt today. Pokemon shirt. One last ride. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?